The Lord is with us. You know, I believe I get a revelation a while ago. I was thinking about your van and how it got uh, hit in the back. You know what I mean? And this kind of, you got to wait around for the insurance adjusters. But I, I thought about some. Pastor Dave got that new Mopar with that big engine. Uh, you know what I mean? You like them, don't you? It was a scat pack. What you got? A scat pack? Yeah. All them horsepower and everything. I think you ought to just drive them back to New York, brother. <laughs> you may have to fight Pastor Dave for it, but he, he likes them little hot rod cars, too. But uh, the Lord has just supernaturally uh, blessed him and helped him through all this stuff, and we appreciate that. And it's actually turned into a, a blessing overall. Everything that's happening, some miracles have happened for him today. They had somebody... Uh, Walk in their church. I don't even think they go to your church, right? Come to your church. And give how much today? 100000 while he was here. See, if you'll come here. <laughs> you know, but it's just amazing how that is. You know what I mean? How God blesses. I mean, it looked like it was a bad, bad thing, but God is... Uh, uh, I got a way of helping people and causing miracles to take place, and we thank God for that. Amen. We thank God for giving people, and there and there's uh, there's another thing too, though. Uh, like you, you know, His church is a giving church. I mean, they give and uh, reach out and things just like you do. And of course, it creates an avenue for the word to work in their church. And he that soweth bountifully reaps bountifully, and that's the truth. And what's bountiful for one of us may not be bountiful for another one of us. It's based on our resources and what we have. But I know this, you know, one of the biggest offerings we ever received, and you've heard me say it, but it bears repeating, that we ever received is when we were sitting in Dad Hagen's meeting, and they took up one of these heave offerings. You know what I mean? Somebody got up, and who was that? But anyway, it was somebody got up, and, and they had a basket, you remember? And the Lord began to, to speak to my wife and I. We were sat in there. I think uh, Pastor Hagen and, and uh, Reverend Lynette Hagen was right, right in front of us. We were sitting behind them. And the Lord began to speak to us about giving, you know, to us a large sum of money. You know, especially way back then. And, uh, and of course, when I looked at it, I thought, well, there's no way we could do it. But we discussed it. And we, we had it in our spirit to give uh, $7,000. Well, we didn't have just $7,000. I had to rob Peter to pay Paul and kill Stephen. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I had to do some mechanics. In other words, we had to beat the check to the bank. Because Brother Hagen does not like rubber checks. He taught us that at school. You remember what he taught us? He don't like that. I mean, you could back those days... You could get booted out for bouncing checks. I mean, if you have a mistake, that's different. But you, he didn't believe in that. He believed in you doing right. So anyway, they, they come down and said, pray over your offering. Well, my wife and I didn't pray over it. We got an intercession. You know what I mean? There is a difference. I mean, because to us, I mean, it was giving our best lamb uh, everything we had. I mean, we, we was putting it in there. We was scraping this over here, putting this over there. But it was what? Within a few days, a week or so like this, or something. And I, I think uh, Sister Millie might have saw that man in prayer. Remember way back yonder we was praying? 
He's never been in one of our meetings in his lifetime. And he sent us a check for $40,000. I said, uh, uh, this is right after we gave the seven. And I said, Lord, let me go back. I'll give another seven, you know. <laughs> and so the reason I say that is I'm not trying to motivate you in the flesh. But to get out of where you are financially, it takes an act of faith sometimes that hurts. I mean, you, you know what I mean? And you step out there in fear and trembling. And I'm not saying to do something because I say it. And don't copy me. And don't copy anybody else. But you do what the Lord says to you. And when you do, that uh, poverty will be broken. And, it just, and that's what happened to us. In fact, we were amazed at what happened. Now, since that time, you know, we've got to much larger offerings that came in. You remember one time down in over, well, we was in Florida here, Fort Walton Beach. And uh, remember Mr. Yoder walked in down here in Fort Walton Beach and uh, on a, what was it, Wednesday morning, who was there? You remember all that? Yeah. We was believing for that airplane. Yeah. And he walked in there, fumbling with a piece of paper. Miss Esther, his wife, you know, she's still living. He's gone on. And Steve, his son, was with him. And then Steve had his daughter, and I think she was going somewhere across the ocean. When she's somewhere. But anyway, they, they came to our meeting. And so I went back immediately because I knew who they were. You know, so a lot, some of the people in our meeting didn't press today would know, but some of the people didn't know who he was. But uh, when he walked in, he was Brother Hagin's largest supporter over about 30 years of ministry. He said, supported Brother Hagin. You know, in that, because Brother Hagin said that himself out of his mouth. He said he'd always been trying to outgive Mr. Yoder, who was one of his board members. So I went back to shake their hands, and I was, you know, hugged Miss Esther and everything like that. And, and I got over there to, to shake his hand, and, and he was fumbling with a piece of paper in an envelope. And he looked up at me, and he said, Do I have to put this in the envelope? I said, Mr. Yoder, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. He said, here, take this check and go buy that airplane. I took the check and went and bought the airplane. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. Well, remember, remember when we was over here and, and right, was it, it wasn't next door, what was it? Yeah. yeah, it was next door. Hey, if it worked next door, it might work here. My God, <laughs> we're close. And we, was, we had a board meeting. And I presented some things. We'd already, we, you know, in our board meetings, we already pretty well know. Anyway, we had talked about these things and, and about building an airplane hangar. And uh, I think it was going to be like uh, 7,200 square foot. And it would be the largest aircraft hangar at the Claremore Regional Airport there in Claremore. And we weren't doing it for bragging rights. This is the only way that they would allow you to build the building because the footprint of the land, they required that you build within seven feet of the edge you had to stay back seven feet and build it and so that lot was the biggest lot out there they call them commercial lots so when we found out what it was i presented it to the board and they agreed to it you know they didn't have no better sense than i did in fact they got to thinking about we ought to do this and do that don't put one door put two doors the doors are thirty thousand dollars thirty thousand i mean it's a little bit more than your front door in your house you know 30,000 big hydraulic things, you know. And they, they just wanted to do it bigger and build bigger and all this kind of stuff. And they just had lost their mind. And I remember over out of here, uh, this uh, next door, 
that I, I walked in the room. I was in the room. And Mr. Bill motioned for me to come, and he was up front. And I could see he kind of had tears. Miss Trudy kind of had tears, you know. And I thought, my Lord, I've done something now. This is it. And Brother Bill said, Brother Randy, he said, uh, the Lord told us to sow this. And it was a check for $150,000. So I'm increasing your faith. Now, I know <clears throat> that that was a step of faith for them. And in fact, for them to get to that place, if we had time to tell the story, it was just miraculous for them to be in that position. Only God could have done it. But they have been giving people, sowing people, you know, he's in the construction business, building business, equipment, you know, he's got excavators and dozers and trucks. And uh, uh, he also sets those, he calls them pots, we call them dumpsters. They got his company part of it does that. But I think you got into that since that time. Isn't that right? But uh, when, they, when they sowed that, it seems like to me, just looking at it natural, not because they sowed it to me, you understand? And it didn't go to me, by the way. It went to the ministry. And then it went out to the builders. But it seems like now that they, they're so busy that they can't keep up with everything going on. I mean, they're adding to, getting trucks, getting equipment, doing everything. In fact, him and his son, Isaiah... Have to watch your Isaiah. He's ready to buy a new truck every day. He likes him new trucks. <laughs> they flew out to Tulsa, Oklahoma because they found one of them trucks. It lifts them uh, dumpsters. What do they call them things? Front loader trucks, you know, that picks up them dumpsters and dumps it in the back. Businesses to have them. Churches could have them, you know, or stuff. They got them probably right here, I would, I'm pretty sure, at this hotel. And uh, they come out there and they bought a truck in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then flew back. Because Isaiah wanted to buy another one. He said, I'll drive it home. <laughs> so every time, this other morning, I was talking to Mr. Bill the other day, and Isaiah got the truck with him, and I, I told Isaiah, I said, I'm looking for a truck. He said, I'll drive it back. <laughs> but that's their son, and we just thank God they've been through some challenges and their family with uh, uh, Mr. Isaiah, but God has supernaturally brought them through everything that's happened. <clears throat> and so when, you're, when you are a sower and you're a giver <clears throat> and you've got a right heart before God, it's just amazing how it, it affects every other area of your life. And the blessings of God will abound. And in the end, you're going to come out on top. It doesn't mean you're never going to be challenged. It doesn't mean that you're never going to have a test or trial, but God is going to take care of you. <clears throat> In fact, can I, I encourage you along certain lines since we're talking about finances? If you'll start saying something, you'll eventually going to believe it. Because when you start saying it now, your mind's going to go tilt. But years ago, When I couldn't, I didn't have the money to pay attention. I'm literally. When I didn't have the money to pay attention, and, and, and earlier on in my ministry, I remember my wife would tell you, we bought groceries on a credit card because we didn't have the money to buy groceries and pay our bills. Now, we didn't go out and advertise all this. But I locked myself up. In our office, that's when we had that building, you know, on 6450 Schomburg Road. 
I locked myself up in that church, and I started seeking God. And I said, God, I said, this ain't right. I said, here I am serving you. And I said, I know that, that, that you're not missing it. And I know there's nothing wrong with your word, uh, word because it works. And I began to seek him. And I sought him day after day after day. I mean, I stayed in, the, in that uh, prayer place, you know, 24 hours a day, seven weeks. But it's a couple of weeks, and I just stayed with it. And the Lord began to, to speak to me. And he showed me some things I needed to do. In fact, during that time, you've heard me tell the story about Pastor Stan Moore. He called me because I was under such pressure financially. I mean, I would find myself gasping, you know, because, I mean, I got payroll. I, what am I going to do? How is this going to take place? How are we going to do this? How is this going to happen, you know? And, and so I said, Lord, if, if you've been trying to communicate something to me, and I've been unable to pick it up. You know, sometimes the Lord can be talking to you, but you can be so overly concerned about something that you, it hinders your ability to pick up what the Spirit of God is saying. And I don't recall exactly why I said it. I believe I was led by the Lord to do it. He said, you have not because you ask not. And so I was walking around our, our uh, living room, great room in our house there, and that's when we was out on McKee Road. Do you remember that house out there in the country? Harris County. I was walking around, and I remember it was a big old room. You know, the fireplace, big stone fireplace, big tall ceilings. And, and I had walked right by that fireplace, and then I stopped. And, and then I had this impression. I said, Lord, if you've been trying to communicate something to me, because I'd been praying for several weeks, remember, and not heard a thing. But I stayed with it. Just stayed with it. But I hadn't heard a thing that I knew of. But Because every time I, I would get to a point that I think I could hear from God, the pressure of what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? How am I going to pay that? I can sell this. And, the, and really, I was going to sell stuff because I had stuff I could sell. I've accumulated. But I thought, even if I sell it all, <laughs> you know, it's just going to barely get me out of this mess. You know what I mean? And then I'm going to have another mess, and I'm not going to have nothing to sell. I either got to straighten this thing out or something's going wrong here. And I said, Lord, if I've been unable, and you've been trying to talk to me, and, and I've been unable to pick it up, this will work for you too. I said, if, if need be, have somebody call me. And just as soon as I said that, it just dropped into my spirit, and the Lord said, somebody will call you shortly. Well, it wasn't long. My wife was gone to the office. But when that dropped down in my spirit, I knew that I had a word from God. All the anxiety, because I was very over-anxious, all the concern just lifted off on, over me. And we had an old Ford truck out there that we would go down on the property with down there, you know, a, a five-speed in the floor. You remember that old burgundy thing we had? And, uh, and it had, you know, it needed cleaning up bad, you know, because that's all we always used as old work truck. And I decided I'm just going to go out there and clear my mind and clear that thing up and get all of it and dust it up and wash it off. Make it look the best it can. And all of a sudden, my wife called from the office. She said, guess who called? I said, who? She said, Reverend Stan Moore. He wants to talk to you right now. And he said, I want you to call him back because he's got to go in a meeting. To make a long story longer or shorter, I can do it both, you know. 
that she gave me the number to call. So I called, and it was his cell phone number. And uh, his wife answered, Mrs. Moore. And uh, she says, is this Randy? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, he's in a meeting right now. That's why he wanted to talk to you. And he said, he's got to sign some papers. He said, he's right here in an office. He said, as soon as he comes out, he said, he wants to call you back. Are you going to be there and answer the phone? I said, yes, ma'am. Are you sure? Yes, ma'am. So it was 15 minutes or less. He called me on the phone. And he said to me, he said, do you believe that I can hear from God? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you believe that I'm a man of God? I said, yes, sir. He said, do you believe that I can have an answer and a solution to the problem in your life? I said, yes, sir. I said, why are you asking me all this? He's because you young whippersnappers. This is my elder. Think y'all know it all, and y'all won't listen to us that's already been down this path. He said, I've already been down that path you're walking on right now, son. He said, do you know what your problem is? I said, no, sir. I was very polite. He said, your problem is that you don't believe the prophet. And I said, yes, sir. <laughs> Whatever you say. I didn't know what I didn't believe. But yes, sir. You don't believe the prophet. The Bible, he said this to me. The Bible says, believe his prophets and so shall you prosper. Now, that's been taken way out of context. That has been abused and misused, as you well know. And I said, well, what do you mean, Pastor Stan? He said, if you'll do what I'm telling you to do, God is going to turn your financial situation around. I said, I'm ready to do anything you say. You just tell me. He said, get the little mini book that Dad Hagen wrote that Jesus gave to him the revelation about prosperity. It's called how God taught me about prosperity. And he said, you read it, you study it, and you make that revelation your own revelation. And he said, then you start saying out of your mouth that all your bills are paid, you're totally out of debt, and that you've got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. Now, saying that in that day, I knew I was a lying. I mean, I was lying. I was lying. I was lying. He said, you get that revelation in that book. Because Dad Hagen said what to do. Jesus told him what to do. He taught him. It's only 32 pages. He said, you start saying out of your mouth, get that revelation and make it your revelation. Now, it's one thing for it to be Brother Hagin's revelation. But he wrote the book because where it could become our revelation. And he said, make it your revelation. You study it. You read it. I carry it with me. I got that book right now. I mean, I do. That one and another one, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God. To me, How to Write Your Own Ticket with God is one of the greatest faith revelations that's ever hit this planet. It's only 32 pages. It comes directly from Jesus Christ out in Phoenix, Arizona, I believe in 1953. Jesus told him four things. Say it, do it, receive it, and tell it. Simple. 
But do you know how many people practice that? And I'm not belittling you. The word works for those who work it. That's what Dad Hagen taught us. Isn't that right? And if we're not doing these things, it won't work. But just start saying, I'm totally out of debt. All my bills are paid. And I've got hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. Totally out of debt because that's the first thing you got is a mountain of debt. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying that debt is bad if it's managed properly. Because you have to do certain things. And Brother Hagin was never against debt. You know what I mean? It, but he was against unwise people doing things unwise financially and getting into debt that they couldn't afford. And uh, start saying, out of your mouth, I'm totally out of debt because that's the first thing you need to get. And you need to believe. And you'll start going in that way. I'm totally out of debt. All my bills are paid. I've got hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. And I can pay cash for anything I need, want, or desire. I'm totally out of debt. <laughs> Isn't that right? All my bills are paid. And hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. And I can pay cash for anything I want, need, or desire. And you just keep saying it. And you'll keep saying it. And you'll keep saying it. And when you start saying it, especially if you're in, a, in, in, in the situation, your head's going to tell you you're lying. The devil's going to tell you you're lying. And then you're going to say, I am lying. <laughs> because this is not true. But in order for it to be true, what it's going to do, it's going to work in you that desire to do what you say. Because it takes effort on your part. It takes effort on my part. But I started doing that. And I'm talking about, I started it years ago. But it'll work faster for you. The more you do it, the faster it'll work for you. And you don't have to go around and broadcast it to everybody else, but just start saying it. And you'll watch what will take place in your life. You'll become disciplined in finances because I was undisciplined, especially back then. But I'm disciplined today. My wife will tell you, if, if I've got something that I owe, I want to pay it. You know what I mean? Mr. Bill's that way. Miss Trudy's that way. You know? And I know the Bolios are that way. You know what I mean? I'm sure most of all, all you here are that way. But, you know, I wanted to see it in, in times past how much I could extend it out, not pay it off. I just, the other day, I told my son, take some of that money and pay that bill off. I mean, he's sitting on a stack of cash big enough to choke a goat now. My God. Just <laughs> <laughs> pay it off. Oh, I'm not trying to run his business or nothing, but, you know, I, I, I didn't used to think that way. But you know how I got to thinking that way? I just started saying when I'm telling you, I'm totally out of debt. All my bills are paid. I got hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. I'm able to pay cash for anything I need, want, or desire. And as I've done that over the years, it developed a discipline in my life also that I did not have because it, I didn't used to be that way. You know what I mean? Because I come from a loose lifestyle. But it just established me and solidified me. And then also, along with that, so. So. Believe God as you're doing it. You know what I mean? And I'm not telling you to give away your baby's milk money. You know? I'm not saying that. I'm not telling you to put yourself in hardship or nothing. 
But sometimes when you start working on these areas and step out, and I, I've noticed people, I've seen people, I've been around people, and, I, and I've been there when uh, offers were being taken up and, 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 and Brother Hagin's meetings. You remember some of them offering taken up meetings where they would call out the name and saying so much gave so and so? And I would be sitting there and I would be like, oh, Gomer Pyle. Golly! I don't know. You remember Pastor Dave? I think some of the amounts. You know, Pastor Dave was a head usher for Dad Aiken. I worked under him as an usher. It's amazing he put me put up with me. But I remember some of them offers we took, especially on what they call Rama Day on Friday, some of them offers was over $1 million. Woo! And here I am out of prison carrying offering buckets. <laughs> and I had been in for robbery, you know. <laughs> you know Brother Hagin had to believe I was saved. You remember that? We used to have to go back in the room. Armed guards were there. You didn't know it, but they were there. And we would take this money and we would pour it. Remember that thing? It, the money would be so heavy with change and bills that they had to put it in this cart-like thing. Remember that? It was a white-looking thing. And they had to roll it on the brinks or whatever it was, money truck. That was Brother Hagin's offerings. Get that doggone truck and back it up here. We <laughs> But, you know, Brother Hagin didn't start there. But I'm telling you, I sense the anointing on what I'm saying. I'm not just taking up time. God wants you to prosper. I mean, right in the midst, because he wants you to be blessed so you can be a blessing way beyond where you're at now. And I know there's people here that, that are sowers and are givers. I mean, large givers are sitting right among you. If you knew what some of these people sow that sits right here by you, you would pass out. Or you'd try to get their ball at one. <laughs> Either one of them would benefit you. I can tell you that right now. But I can guarantee you, and if they were to tell you, they didn't start there. They started out with principles, financial principles. God wants you blessed financially. And God has blessed us. God has helped us. God has trained me. That don't mean I've arrived by any means. But he has trained me. And I'm disciplined when it comes to those kind of things. And I'm disciplined with finances. I'm disciplined when it comes to making financial decisions. I'm wise when it comes to making financial decisions. And I'm not going to sign no note if God's not sitting beside me, putting his X on the paper. I can just tell you that right now. In fact, we were looking at buying a building. Remember that? And, and we're still looking into it there where we could have our own meetings in their area. Because, you know, Randall had mentioned having a Tulsa uh, prayer seminar. Well, they're going back trying, or they got a liberal mayor in Tulsa. And they're going back to mandates and six foot. And, you know, so you, that's why we just couldn't get nothing ironed out about it we still I still don't know exactly how it's going to work out but anyway we got to looking at buildings on there everything in our area right now I don't know about your area but most I put it like this most everything out there selling uh, anywhere from 30 to 40 percent over appraised value 
banks, if you don't have the cash, banks are not going to lend over appraised value. They'll lend you up to a point of that, but you're going to have to pay the rest of it yourself. And so it just didn't seem wise for us, you know, right now. And so I believe I was led by the Lord just to lease until this thing calms down, son. I mean, even houses. If a house goes in the mark, Patty's uh, uh, sister, Delora, who Miss Trudy especially knows real well, and Mr. Bill, but uh, she was uh, trying to buy a house. We would go with her to look at a house, and that house would be sold that day. That's how quick. I mean, for more, way more than what they was even asking for. People was bidding on it to, to get it. In fact, in the one she bought, she actually had to buy it and pay over market value. But thank God, her mama, who Patty helped her, left her something. And if it wasn't for Patty, she wouldn't have it today. But thank God for Patty, her sister, you know, that she had money put away that she could take and that she could put towards this house because she wouldn't have got one. And she was actually now making a house payment. It's a, it's a small little home, but a three-bedroom and uh, two baths, isn't it? Just two baths. And brick, yeah, yeah. Chris, you seen it? Where you at? Yeah, yeah. And uh, she actually got this home and is living in it, and her payment is less than what she was paying living in an apartment. You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is she had to pay a little over to get it because that's the way they are. But it was a blessing. So you say out of your mouth, I don't normally take this long. You know I don't. I'm being led by the Lord to do this. You start saying out of your mouth, you know, oh, I'm totally out of debt because that's the first thing you got to deal with. I'm totally out of debt. Now, what I mean by that is this. I'm talking about debt that's choking you. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, because you got a house payment or a car payment or something like that. That don't mean the end of the world. But you don't want to debt that's just, just a burden to you, you know. But I'm totally out of debt. All my bills are paid. I've got hundreds, $100,000 in the bank or hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank. I'm able to pay cash for anything I need, want, or desire. Get the little mini book, How God Taught Me About Prosperity. You can pull it up online as an e-book. I mean, right in your little phone or, or an iPad, or you can get the hard copy of it, <clears throat> and you will be blessed. Amen? Have you been encouraged? I've encouraged myself. Amen? Because <clears throat> we want to give bigger and believe bigger. I know my board members are talking about things. He was, you know, I'm, I'm giving this, I'm doing that, I'm believing that we're going to be in a position that we're going to do this. He's already saying things, and I'm agreeing with him. <laughs> no, not in that sense. I would never take advantage of anybody. But I know if he fools around and keeps saying that, he's going to slip around, fall in the creek bank, and it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Because it'll eventually happen. That's just the way it works. And God calls people to that particular There's a ministry of giving. Mr. Yoder was in that. Mr. Bill, Miss Trudy, they're in that. I'm here to tell you, there's some of you sitting here that's in that. You've got a ministry. You may be in something else, but God's blessed you in that ministry to finance his kingdom. And thank God for it. Are you ready to prosper? Why don't you stand up? Oh, Lord, I didn't preach to half a sermon here. We ain't even got going yet, have I? <laughs> thank God for it. If you need to offer an envelope, they're in the aisles with it. Get your wallet, 
purse, whatever you need to get, and then you may be seated. <clears throat> I was led by the Lord to do that. I don't normally do it, as you know. I say very little about money. But we just trust God. But we just know that you're going to be blessed obeying the Bible. Not obeying me, not obeying a man, but obeying the Bible. The Bible is true, and it, Dad Hagen always taught us it works for those who work it. In other words, you act on the Word, and it'll work for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we... I know you were blessed by this message. If you would like to receive more information about Randall Greer Ministries, or if you'd like to receive our free newsletter, just let us know. We'd be happy to send it to you. Just write us at Randall Greer Ministries, P.O. Box 2227. Owasso, Oklahoma, 74055. Or you can contact us at our website, www.rgm.me. And remember, God is always with us.